guys, Joy here. This week on the podcast, we have Cliff Harsky. He's the director of training for Fitwell. You guys know I've been going to Fitwell a lot, and he has such a great personality, and I've been loving it so much that I wanted to talk about something different and a different way of training. So Cliff has traveled the United States, instructed over 3,000 people. He's conducted more than 300 workshops and certifications for numerous companies, including Fitwell. In addition, he has contributed articles to men's fitness, men's health, women's health, and Dr. Oz the Good Life. He holds a bachelor's degree in kinesiology from San Diego State University and teaches for KB Athletics, Animal Flow, and Spartan Group Training. So he has a ton of really awesome knowledge and a really unique background. I love this conversation that Claire and I had with him, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Don't forget to support the podcast by leaving a review on iTunes and subscribing to the podcast. Thank you so much for your support of this show. We love you very much and we hope you enjoy this episode. Hello. <laughs> I'm laughing already. Hello. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. So you, wasn't How your is thing? It? you don't want to just like have the camera trained right on your chest while we're doing this entire episode. It should it be. Can be like, I can, I'll put on a deep V and that's what we can roll with. So super deep, like belly button deep. Yes. It, the entirety of my sternum will be out. Yeah, it's actually just a vest. <laughs> yes. Oh, I don't know why I don't wear that outfit more often. Yeah, just... I have just to say. Like Aladdin. <laughs> I have to say. The best part about that, I was Aladdin for Halloween one year. Yes. I could tell. I just could sense it. Yeah. Oh, no. oh my gosh. I have to say, you do really wear deep V-necks. Like, you were not kidding about that. I, if I was, uh, if I was to tell you that I have, so you know how a lot of websites, they tell you a great way to get email list is to have a free ebook giveaway top 10 things that blah 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 blah. yeah well when i was blogging and doing a thing before uh before i stopped i uh i had a i had written a book called going deep in the v exploring the depths (laughs) and it's a book on how to successfully rock a (laughs) v-neck and uh the whole joke was sign up for my guest for my email list and get a free (laughs) v-book Yeah, because I think most people, when they hear go deep in the V, that is not what comes to mind. Yeah, I I would agree that there might be, I believe that's called a double entendre. Oh, do you pronounce the R-E part in that, in that phrase? Uh, no, that double was... Entendre. Uh, I don't know, I don't speak show, French. Yeah, there's a show called The League on uh, Comedy Central. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, uh, yeah, I had to watch on- a couple episodes of that one. Yeah. What are you actually doing right now, Cliff? I'm just curious. I need to get a picture in my head of like where you're at. I am in the recliner in the bedroom that's used to hold a fresh baby in the middle of the night and uh, try to sleep while holding him. And I just got done playing uh, some DJ Cliff Nasty, mixing up a fresh fit while mix. So you do this all, well, there's a couple things. How old is your baby? Baby is eight months today. Oh, congratulations, dad. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's been pretty awesome. I mean, he doesn't have a job yet, which is a little disappointing, but he's a little freeloader. Claire understands that. Yeah, I have a, a two, almost two and a half year old, and I'm like, okay, dude, now that you're two and a half, you can follow instructions, you like can stack things, somebody's going to hire you. You can almost fold washcloths. It's like so many marketable skills here. I think you're so. You're hilarious. Like someone's going to love that. Right before I came down here, he's in the bath right now, and I was like, all right, I got to go downstairs and do some work. And he goes, okay, mommy, you do that. <laughs> I will. Thank you. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, he's a little sassy, but I can definitely relate also to the rocking, the you know, the in- incessant rocking, trying to get them to stop being a bastard. Everyone yeah, that works. Yeah. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Anyway, okay, so backing up a little bit because Cliff, I wanted to have you on because I started doing fit wall like four months ago, I'd say. And uh, we have one by our house and the lovely uh, owner, Megan, invited us to come over and check it out. And I fell in love with it. And there's this like fantastic, fabulous guy on all the videos. And I'm like, who is this fun guy that's doing all the movements in the videos and like dancing around? And, and they're like, oh, that's Cliff. And you should talk to him. So here we are. Awesome. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's fun dancing in the videos, especially because I am the quintessential non-dancing white guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you do a great job. You have a little bit of a CrossFit background? I do. I have a, a quite a varied background. Um, 
including my CrossFit cert and a CrossFit football cert. I've done three of the CrossFit mobility certifications. Uh, Kelly met him along my travels and been been lucky enough to be invited to a few of those. Uh, I know Kelly's not with CrossFit anymore, but um, in my heart, he always will be. And um, and so, yeah, I I spent a good amount of time uh, in that scene uh, back in 2010. Uh, That carried over into 2011. When I kind of got really en- engulfed into the into the paleo scene, um, with uh, my my background, I was the first. A lot of people may not have heard of it, but there's a company called MoveNat, which means move naturally, and it it got popular because of Rob Wolf, who went out to do some workshops with the the in the main man of MoveNat. And uh, he he blew it up on his podcast and website, and so we had a nice little year and a half run there where we were capitalizing on a on a number of trends in the field, being paleo, uh, CrossFit, and barefoot running. So it was like this nice trifecta of trendy fitnessy health things, and uh, I was fortunate enough to be involved right at that time frame, and I spent fifteen months traveling the country teaching these nine-hour workshops in outdoor parks to people. Uh, ended up teaching like 90 different workshops in 14 months, which is a hell of a lot of flying and uh, people to be taking through the woods of random cities. And these were all with the the natural movement? This is all with the natural movement. This was uh, after I'd been doing my own boot camp in San Diego for a year and a bit. Um, had the I went out as a participant. And kind of sold myself to the guy who was like, hey, you know, you uh, can grow your company faster if you're not the only one selling your workshops. Maybe you should hire me. And uh, because of my luck, we had, we had the same birthday. So he was like, I th- he's a little bit of a mystical guy. I and mean, I think he thought that the fact that we were born on the same day. Oh, my gosh. You're, was- you're like, you were with all the hippies. I was I was very hippolicious. I lived in a tent in West Virginia of for six weeks. Of course you did. <laughs> I was never dirtier in my life. Uh, but yeah, so that and in in that whole time frame, we had a lot of CrossFitters because of because Rob um, and that's uh, I got my CrossFit cert and everything before then, and, and spent some time in a box doing the three on one off and being incredibly. Um, I got very, very fit, but I was also, it was a little bit, my, my body can't handle that much volume. Right. So uh, I, I had a harder time with it after, after a month and was like, I need to be more of the every other day guy. Yeah. Like what were you noticing? Just really sore and like you weren't recovering? Yeah. Just not like I, and my tests for my personal fitness aren't necessarily numbers per se. It's me on the basketball court. Like how, how can I, am I dunking on people? Am I getting beat? Do I, you know, how do I feel? And the answer was after after a month was, oh yeah, no, you suck now. You're really bad. And uh, the reason is you can't keep up with people, and all the things that kind of made me better um, were no longer available just because I was I was too beat up. And uh, that was easy fix, you know, do less. <laughs> yeah, which is funny because like, okay, so Claire and I have been involved in CrossFit for like what seven years now, and so when you start CrossFit, you're like, this is the best thing ever. I want to, you know, more is better and super intense and all that good stuff. And I think after a while of doing it, you kind of realize like, oh, you don't have to beat yourself up every single day. Like trying new things sometimes, especially if you drink the CrossFit Kool-Aid, you feel like you're cheating on CrossFit. (laughs) And so like starting when I transitioned to start taking some fit wall classes, I was like, okay, I'm going to see how this goes. And it's such a different culture shift. Um, But talk a little bit about like the whole train smarter thing, because I feel like CrossFit also comes in with that mentality. Like that was the basis of it is like, you don't have to do as much. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I agree. I think that as a whole, it's funny. One of the, one of the things in the strength and conditioning and fitness industry that's easy to do, or, or I should say popular to do is to get in the CrossFit bashing bandwagon. And it's a silly thing because it it really just demonstrates a lot of fear of this incredibly, I would say the most influential new fitness thing that's come along since step aerobics in the eighties. Uh, and, and I mean, I don't actually know how popular that was, but it seemed like it was rather popular and it's a a lot of people get caught up in the, in the CrossFit bashing and it's, it's silly. So to your point there, they generally speaking do an incredibly good job of, of individual boxes programming a, a well 
rounded program that is not necessarily just beating the hell out of people, but the things that make the rounds on the interwebs are the um, unfortunate examples of, you know, kicking the crap out of people needlessly or making things too hard. So, you know, you look at the at the people that have come along and, and added like the mobility or the ROMWAD or uh, the recovery days, and they and they do a whole hell of a lot better than the uh, stigma that's there. Now, that being said, I do think that it, it can be tough to be programming a um, what would be a highly technical set of movement skills, whether that be Olympic lifting or or gymnastic movements and to be programming them in a high intensity output where it's very competitive and for time because as soon as you introduce that element of competition uh your ability to self-moderate goes down quite a bit for people because i mean we all want to win um if you're not first you're last uh a, a really smart man named ricky bobby said that and unfortunately that ricky can bobby. that can <laughs> <laughs> that can change what uh, the the intention in a workout. Um, so what we do differently at, at Fitwall than a lot of places is um, I try to remove as many potential injurious moves as possible. I'll give you an example. This will seem really silly, but the, the thing in five years or four and a half years at Fitwall that has caused the most number of injuries, and that number is uh, six in four and a half years, um, across our six different locations is side shuffles. Oh, that's and, so funny. Yeah. And, and you know what? Like I, so we have at Fitwall, we have three intensity levels. We have move, which is do it well. We have sprint, which is do it as fast as you can, as long as it isn't, uh, you know, hurting anything. Um, and then we have recover, which is, Hey, let's rest a little bit in the workout so that the next thing we do, we can do with integrity, mm-hmm. uh, instead of just, and just like keeping on the fatigue train and then doing everything with jeopardized form and integrity, uh, which is when injury happens. So we, we have these rest periods in the workout. Uh, but going back to side shuffle, uh, it, you know, people, they trip and they fall. And when they fall, they fall on a wrist or they, they twist an ankle. And so six times in four and a half years isn't a hell of a lot. But that's, that's the only thing that we've got that isn't like a weird freak of, hey, we're skipping and someone – uh, strained a calf like there's not there's not a lot you can do about that when you enter in fitness like there's going to be weird stuff but as a as a gym owner or a fitness person if you notice a trend even if it's a small one and you don't adjust for it then i don't think that you're necessarily putting your client's best interest forward um, the number one injury i believe in like spartan racing and crossfit and i'm and i teach for spartan racing and i'm uh I'm a, I'm a CrossFit fan, is shoulder stuff. Yet we kind of like still have all these things that are very potentially challenging for the shoulder. And knowing that a lot of people have issues with it already, and then we keep hammering it home under fatigue, isn't a responsible choice in my opinion. And and I understand you know 95% of people are, are doing fine with it. And it's ultimately up to the individual, and the individuals sometimes don't necessarily listen to the coach as well as we would like them to, because everyone has the you know go hard go home mentality, um, in, in, until they actually have to go home, <laughs> and then I'm like, oh sorry, <laughs> see I told you, uh, come back in four months for after you're done with rehab, um, and we just want to make sure that people are able to not have to do that. You know, I've I've been I've been blessed enough to go through three surgeries on my own from doing things like jumping off of buildings goes hardcore parkour and uh, doing Turkish get-ups with 168 pounds. And, yeah, I'd say that'd do it. Yeah, you know, like when you start chasing performance, you uh, you sacrifice uh, your – you have less wiggle room. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, one hand with a 167-pound barbell overhead, you lose it by a couple inches and sayonara labrum. Yeah. Um, so – Anyway, that was a long-winded way to say uh, we really just try to make sure that people are in the best position to have uh, fitness benefits and, and sick gains uh, without injury risk. So for the people who are listening who have no idea what FitWall is or maybe have a little idea but are kind of like, all right, can someone please explain this a little more to me? In full disclosure, I have actually never done a FitWall workout. Joy goes all the time. I'm not near a FitWall studio, so it's not quite on my on my radar yet. Um, but can you talk a little about, but a little bit about what FitWall 
is, what the workout looks like, what it looks like when you go to class, and then also kind of why you developed it to be the way that it is and why you think that it's particularly effective. Yeah. Yeah. So, so my, my fun way to describe it is if CrossFit, rock climbing, Pilates, and yoga all had a baby, mm-hmm. it'd be fit wall. That, I'd say um, that's accurate. Yeah. Yeah. That's my fun way to say it. Uh, we just don't have barbells, you know, and uh, that barbells can be challenging for a lot of people. It, they're more technically... Uh, you know, needy. Yeah. Um, the See, and when you wor- say that, though, it sounds like super hard. Like for me, I'm like, man, CrossFit, rock climbing, Pilates, and yoga are like four of the hardest things that I can think of. Absolutely. I gotta say, I've never like what. Okay, I'm, I sound really stupid right now. What are the muscles that you develop? Is it your lats when you're hanging onto the wall? I call them, and I'm just gonna be really <laughs> technical. I call them your armpit muscles. Okay, your armpit. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally your armpit muscles. I've so you're never gonna, like, crack at that with your armpit. Yeah, I've like never felt so strong in like that part of my back from doing CrossFit for whatever, however many years I've been doing it. I'm like, after a month of fit wall, I was like, oh my god, my back muscles that you like because you're from hanging on the wall so much. It's crazy, and a lot of people think that wall moves. Let's just clear that right now. That the wall does not move. Oh, it's so good. Everyone comes in. They're like, it doesn't move. <laughs> and I'm like, I know. <laughs> it's solid. Uh, so no, the, the muscles, I, the reason I say armpit muscles is there's a lot of muscles around your shoulder blade. Yeah. Uh, rhomboids, teres, uh, all these different guys, your lats, of course. Um, and when you're on the wall, the different handle, because it's that it's that weird handle, not a bar, mm-hmm. it makes you grip it in a, in a different way. So yeah. instead of gripping with your fingers, you grip with your palm. Mm-hmm. When you get rid of your fingers in the grip, you tend to recruit from the upper back in a better fashion than with a standard bar grip. Those those tend to use your bicep and your elbow flexors to a larger degree. Yeah, and your so forearms even, this, right? When you're using yeah, a barbell. And, and it's just an Exactly. So this just kind of removes those the arm parts, and then you're left with just awesome looking upper back. Mm-hmm. So let's take a, a step back again. And so when you walk into a fitwall studio, there's the walls are lined with these walls that look kind of like a mix between a ladder and a stall bar. And what do you do with them? So yes, the uh, the fitwall device, the fitwall unit itself is composed of four footsteps and four hand rungs. And we will do some exercises where your your hands are on the hand rungs, your feet are on the steps, and that forces your body to have to work quite hard in a coordinated fashion to uh, just maintain a posture or a position on the fit wall. From there, we'll add different movements. Uh, some of them look very basic, like pull-ups or rows, some of them look like squats. Some of them look like you're humping the wall. And uh, then others I describe as it's basically like bar with four R's on steroids. So it's bar uh, <laughs> with a lot a lot more challenge because you have, you have to hold yourself up at the same time. Uh, and, and one of the big feedback that we get is, is people get ex- – and it's not necessarily our goal, but people get extraordinarily fatigued and sore went from um, – the stuff that we do up there because it's uh, because your feet and your hands are so neurologically dense, you you dial up quite a f- bit more of, of your musculature and your core musculature to contribute to these exercises more than you normally would. And that's just a byproduct of, of using your hands and feet um, in a different way. Yeah, it's awesome. So can we talk a little bit about, because um, I know a lot of females listening and a lot of our audience is females, so I don't want to discount the males, but we're always talking about training smarter, training smarter. And I think that it exercise has evolved over the years to be a little better about that. I think, um, it, you know, for a while, we were kind of hitting that slump of like doing more, 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 more. So talk about, um, I guess, how you coach specifically females about how to really grasp that concept. Because we really yeah. struggle. I still struggle with it. it it's definitely a challenge. Um, a, you know, 80% of our clients are females. And before I did FitWall, I ran a thing called Booty Camp, which I believe you might – you could probably guess what my clients Dang. were. They're ladies. <laughs> um, and, and the challenge is – and I will never be able to fully grasp what the, the struggle is real with the um, body image uh, – issues that ladies will have and we know that high intensity or hard work feels like it should yield 
a better payoff. And so if a little is good, a lot must be better. Um, and this is the attitude or this is the game plan that a lot of, uh, a lot of ladies show up with. And all that ends up happening is they, they burn out or they develop an injury or, or they, they're so tired they could never actually go hard anymore. Um, all, they're stuck in this weird middling grounds of no, no results and just endless fatigue. So when my, my biggest challenge is to get them to listen. And the, and the best way that I can do that is kind of to lie to them. And, and I say that kind of jokingly, but, but I'll, I'll give two examples. One was when I taught with kettlebells. Uh, I used the all-black kettlebells that only said kilograms. We know that one of the best ways to get aesthetic and uh, strength results with with people, ladies included, is to lift heavier and to not be scared of that because it won't immediately turn you into um, the Hulk or He-Man. Um, it takes a lot of work for that to happen. I, you know, everybody. It's I think that on this podcast specifically that your your listeners would really get that and it would resonate but what i would do is it would say 24 kilograms and i'd just be like yeah it's 24 pounds here you go and no one would think to listen to me at all <laughs> and then they would be doing it and then at the end i'd be like actually that was 53 pounds and you've been doing it for a month and look you're leaner and everything so then they would buy in oh that's, so that's really that's funny one. yeah you're like okay by the way you didn't get hashtag bulky yeah, hashtag you look great now, and you're so much stronger, and you were lifting twice the weight that I've told you you were. Um, and you know that that's fun. At FitWall, um, what I'm doing is uh, – so every single workout is 40 minutes long. Every single workout is a combination of the, the move, which is you know do it well, sprint, do it fast but well, and recover. So every workout is going to be a, a different interval mix of those three. At the beginning of the week, we're going to prioritize strength. In the middle of the week, we're going to have more like a quote-unquote high-intensity interval training session. And at the Friday-Saturday, we're going to do more of a cardio emphasis. That just means lighter weight, longer sets. But what I, what I do is I sprinkle in hard efforts with enough frequency to scratch the intensity itch. And that, that's like it peaks – and you feel like you're working really hard, and then we pull you back down, and we focus on strength. You peak, we pull you back down, and you're focusing on stability or mobility. So we're not consistently and constantly through the workout. And I'm going to pick on a, like a yoga sculpt class. These these guys, they, they use like the seven-and-a-half-pound plates. There's nothing wrong with them. Like I, I tell everybody, whatever you want to do, do it. Like Enjoy yourself. Whatever you do consistently is going to be the best thing for you. And then after that, like if we can if we enjoy three things – Two of them are going to be better than the other, so let's let's try to be the better ones. Uh, those classes or boot camps, quite frequently, they just want you to do a, a ton of reps with you know just nonstop, and of course that's going to make you tired. Um, we want to peak you up and then bring you back down. Work on specific qualities, and that and when I say I'm lying to people, I'm just introducing those frequently enough but short enough that you feel the intensity but it doesn't kill you yeah is, is the goal yeah um where it goes wrong where it gets hard is you know i the the sprint efforts we have are rarely over 45 seconds we do put some one minute efforts in there but the reason for that is any any more than that, it, it's really going to tax your system so much so that the following things you do will be done with subpar technique or, or subpar intensity if we're if we're trying to get weight. Um, so we we want to go hard, but we can only go hard for so long. Where that gets really difficult is a lot of clients they've never gone above eighty five percent effort. And they have a governor, they have an internal governor in their system that says, hey, you don't, we can't go harder than this. Like they don't really know what it is to work really hard. Mm -hmm. And, and so when we ask you to go hard for 30 seconds only, they get done and they're like, I don't feel like that was that much. And I was like, I don't feel like you were working that hard. How about that? We both have feelings. And, uh, <laughs> and, but, but at, that's at the beginning. And once they get better with an exercise, then they can do it. Uh, with more control, meaning they can put more effort into it. And this, the hardest part here is it's asking for patience. It's asking for patience to get better and earning the right to do it hard. So from coaching a female standpoint, 
the hard part is that we're, we're consistently asking for patience and it's not unique to Fitwall, but we really do make it a priority. We're like, look, seriously, you have not earned the right to go super hard yet. You need to do it enough to do it well so that when you push hard, you aren't going to hurt yourself. Yeah. And it, it builds their capacity at a nice steady rate so that when they do go hard, they're nailing it. And they'll see the results. Um, and that's the hard part. I mean, I had, a, I had a first timer today. And she told me, she's like, yeah, you know, I run and I, got, and I got these knee issues and these certain things hurt. And every time she was doing one, I could see her wincing. And I'm like, hey, that one hurts. Don't do that. Let's do this instead. And I could tell halfway through she was slightly annoyed with me. Like she just wanted to just get after it. And I, to, you know, I told her after class, um, I was like, hey, I, I could see that you might have been a little uncomfortable with me stopping you. But we have a rule. It's right there on the wall. It says, if it hurts, don't do it. And like, I can pick up a wincing face when I see it. So that's why we were doing it. And she, she actually said thank you at the end of class. Um, but it was something that was totally novel to her. And um, it's something that we definitely were pushing the, you know, we really think that um, there's, a, there's an ability to strive for excellence in our, in our quality of exercise before we really push the quantity and intensity standpoint. One of the things I've noticed um, from doing the classes is I've really, when you talked about patience, I was like, yeah, that really hits home because when I'm doing the workouts, I'm very, I'm very patient with the movements and like slowing things down and being very intentional, which is so different from CrossFit because we're, you know, we, we're taught quality of movements, but we're not taught to really slow things down. Most of the time when we're doing a wad, it's for, it's for time, right? It's for speed. Yeah. Um, and so... I feel like that's made me a better crossfitter because when we're doing lifts, I'm very purposeful with my form. And not that I wasn't before, but I feel like I think about it in such a different way where I'm like, oh, slower isn't worse. Like I'm being very purposeful with my movements here and I it feels so much better. I feel like every time I do a fit wall class, um, I feel like I just worked out with like a personal trainer for an hour. Like someone who sat there and was like, this is the exact movement you need to do because this is the reason that will make you better. And like, there's like a purpose behind everything that we do yeah and that's and that's really um you know to speak to that a little bit more like one of the things that w what we do i, I describe the week i won't rehash that but we have seven different workouts in a week one per day but we repeat those seven workouts for three weeks in a row so it's just a three-week training block and the goal is if you're coming every monday you'll do the same workout one week later and this is this is scary to some people that think that they should switch it up every single week because uh you know, hashtag muscle confusion or whatever. But all that happens is, is you get better at things. I, the thing, uh, one of the things in fitness that I'm most jealous of is that in yoga that they don't, they don't say I'm going to go to a workout at yoga. They say I'm going to go practice yoga mm -hmm. and they frame, they frame everything as practice. And it's so much better than saying, I want to get a good workout because a, a singular good workout aside from some stress relief, it just has never really done anything for somebody. But practice and getting better over time has fixed so many people's lives and bodies and uh if i could somehow steal that and incorporate it in a in a in a way that stuck i absolutely would um i think and, yeah i think that's yeah a huge um distinction to make and i think a lot of people do get caught up in that like just if they miss we talk about this a lot you know people if they miss one workout they think oh my fitness is i might as well just go lay on the couch the rest of my life because I miss this one workout. It's a very workout by workout view. And you, you know, to your point of, a minute ago about the girl who was, were it not for you, would have just worked out through the pain of her knee. You know, what, where does that set you up in a couple of months or a couple of years or, at, you know, in a couple of decades? Now you can't even climb stairs because you just kept working out with your knee and, and but viewing it and not like kind of one workout at a time, go in, go hard, you know, and then go home, I guess, <laughs> uh, mentality versus like, okay, let's take a, a look at the longevity of what my goals are. And we talk about, have started talking about this more and more and talk about this a lot of like, view it from the, the lens of what is my goal, really, really macro goal with fitness that, you know, if I were to have one huge goal, like I want to be able to play with my grandkids or, you know, I want to be able to live independently when I'm 90. Like if that's your goal, are you going to worry about whether or not you went to the gym, even though you had a cold or are you going to say, you know what, I have a cold, I'm going to stay home or whatever the example is. But I really love these, the, the um, example you use there with yoga. Cause you're right. It is like, that's really set up to be this lifelong kind of journey through how yoga 
becomes part of your lifestyle. And with a lot of other workouts, it's like, this is a workout that I'm doing today. And then you just move on. Yeah. It's such, it's such a great mentality and it's, um, to have is, is, is patience. And it's so hard. Um, you know, I can't, I, I, I readily admit to that. I am, um, unable to fully understand the struggles to remain lean, to make healthy choices, to, to be consistent with my working out. And the reason for that is, uh, you know, how I, how I was brought up, how I've lived for every forever. Like for me to go a different direction would be a change. And it feels weird and scary to me, but that's where most people are starting their fitness. Their normal is not working out and not thinking about the, you know, healthy food choices. And so to change from that to consistently working out, consistently picking a salad over whatever else it might be, uh, that change is scary, no matter what the hell it is. Uh, and, and so it's a tough one. And most fitness professionals they haven't had to struggle with that. So it's hard for them. It's hard for me. It's hard for us to necessarily always relate to our clients. We're like, dude, seriously, just eat the salad and work out five times this week. I don't understand what the problem is. But I mean, we, you know, when we sit there and we educate our coaches that patience is the number one thing and understanding that people are going to adopt their habits at their own pace and anything, the, the, the best thing we can do as a coach is to be understanding and supportive in any way that we can. Uh, we're going to be a better coach for that, having that mentality. We have to be patient as well. Yeah, I think, I mean, patience is huge, especially with, I think everyone is always wanting to do more, 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 which is why I wanted to talk about this specifically with you, because I do love the approach. And I think the first time that I, I'm, and Claire and I, you know, when we're deciding to have people on, we have people on because we think you have something really valuable to say. It's not that we're trying to do this entire episode as an ad for Fitwell, but I think what's important is like when I I started something new and I was really used to doing things one way. And I think the lesson here is that when I just adopted this new routine of doing a fit wall class here and there, I walked in thinking like, oh, I've been doing CrossFit forever. Like what, how, how different is this going to be? Is this going to be just another like, you know, it wasn't like totally negative, but I was just questioning like, okay, how is this going to be any different? And I think what really surprised me and humbled me was like, there's purpose in movement. And I think that's what um, I think is important no matter what people are choosing to do is finding that purpose in movement. Um, and by that, I mean, like, I feel like every movement that I do for my body has a purpose, especially in these classes. And then it's made me respect the movements that I do in CrossFit, um, the movements that I'll do in yoga or whatever else I choose to do. Um, and that means it doesn't have to be 100% balls to the wall. It means that like everything that you do, you do with integrity, even like the order that it that it has, like start to finish is 40 minutes long. That's it. It's very efficient. I feel like every movement kind of like flows together and it works well together. Yeah. You know, like I, I appreciate hearing that too, because it's a, it's a good amount of work. Like, I don't know if you happen to do today's class. Today's magical. I didn't, no. <laughs> oh, it's magical. My, I my think I did it last week and up. actually I did do it last week, I think. And I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. And I do love, by the way, I love that they rotate so often, but I like that they are the same for a while because you do get better at each with each class if you repeat the the workout yeah you know it's a and, and i feel like when i say this on a podcast or anywhere i'm giving away a little bit of our secret sauce but you know the the thing is if it ends up making fitness better for more people then i'm, I'm happy to share it a lot of places they do the it's different every day we're going to use a bunch of different tools every single day and then after six weeks and i'm just going to pick on orange theory they do this right like every day is a different workout yeah but after you've done, been there for six weeks you're like I can't really tell the difference between any of these workouts. No, you like, can't. Yeah. You can't at all. <laughs> They're like, right, all the, like yeah, they all, just start to blend together. Yeah. It looks like a three-year-old's painting where it's just like yeah. all the colors <laughs> mushed together. Totally that. <laughs> I'm like, what are you getting good at here? And the answer is nothing. Yeah, um, it's very true. It's very true. Kind I, of getting a cardio workout. Uh, it's a great place for people to go if they love it. It's, a, it's great, a great, yeah, place. it's a great place to move. Like you just get to yes. move. It's awesome. But I think like, as, like I was saying earlier, as I've tried all these different things in my life, uh, the reason that I love the classes at Fitwall is for that 
purpose of like, oh, there's just like everything kind of like flows and there's a there's an order. And that's like my type A is like there's so much order and it's amazing. Every time Joy Uh, talks about FitWall, she's like, I go, I get in, I get out. It starts on time. It ends on time. I go home. I eat my breakfast. My day is like (laughs) off to a great start. Everything's so orderly. And everybody's like talking and it's like, no, we're just just do the work. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. Like, I can't say that enough. Like CrossFit sometimes 10 or 15 minutes in, we're still rolling out. I'm like, I got to go. I got things to do. I got shit to do. Can we start? And then <laughs> like FitWall, like you walk in and the, the timer's already t- like clocking down. It's like the workout will begin in two minutes. And I'm like, yes, I know what to expect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I love to hear that. <laughs> that's exactly what we're going for. I mean, it's, it's so funny because uh, I mean, so you, you know what the number one reason that people sign up for a gym is? And the, and the answer is convenience. Yeah. Does does it fit my schedule? Do you have the class times of when I can go? And are you close enough to me that I ha- I can dedicate the time? Because we're all busy. We all have things to do. Absolutely. And man, if you can just count on the fact that, hey, you're going to have a nasally voice guy counting down from 10 to 1 and tell you when, when the class starts and it's going to play Day Bow Bow for your <laughs> first song, like you're going to be so excited because it's going to play you off with a sweet 80s jam and you're going to be feeling good about your day. And great 90s. There was, um, I think it was like Rhythm of the Night or something. There was some yes. amazing 90s song that I was just like, oh, I haven't heard this song in so long and it made me so happy. And then there was one class you did, the entire class was Kanye. I'm like, I'm yeah. a huge music snob. So uh, there's some of the coaches, I, well, a lot of the coaches, I'm sure I'm older than all the coaches, but this, there's this one song I cannot, it'll come to me when I'm not thinking about it, but it starts out kind of slow and they're all like, oh, it's, uh, they're like, oh, it's a smooth jazz song. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's going to get fast. You guys don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, no, it was the opening set on Friday for the last three weeks. Yes. And I think it was Fleetwood Mac, right? Maybe. No, it was, no, like, it was like, no, it wasn't that. I, I, I don't know. Oh, it's going to drive me nuts. It's not Fleetwood Mac, though. But that was at the end, which I do appreciate yeah, as well. If I could just get a bunch of people that have ADD to try us out, we would be so successful. It'd be crazy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. And the music is is fantastic, too. So, um, all right. So we're going to – we got probably two more questions that we want to get to for – I know it's already – gosh, time has flown. Time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit, too, about, like, just – the variety versus random thing of like how important it is or is it like how do you feel about the order of things and is it important for people to just move or should there be like a schedule of what you're working yeah great question and so my thought is that first the first order of operations is that i don't care what someone's doing really as long as they're doing it consistently so that would be the that would i would categorize it as fine and everything in life is Hey, you've got fine, you've got good, you've got better, and you've got best. And I'm like, yeah, fine is is fantastic. Like, especially because doing nothing is bad. So fine is better. But can we do good? And the good would be a little bit more than that. Better is a little bit. Okay. So, so uh, to answer your question, once we've established some consistency in just moving wherever that may be, and you know, one of the things that people tend to do is they do class pass. They go to like 1,700 places in a month, and none of these places know what the other places are doing. There's just no progression. There's no development. It's just random acts of exercise and sweaty for the hell of it. Again, that's fine, but we can be better. The way that we're better is to do things long enough and with enough consistency that we improve. Part of the quickest way, like when you are developing strength, motor skill acquisition, and even cardio fitness, it's all about neuromuscular efficiency. Most of our strength gains and performance improvements come from better motor control, uh, and that only happens through repetition of exercise. So you have to do things for enough sessions to get better at it. Once you're better at it, now you can go with more effort, more power, more strength, more endurance, and that's where you start to generate better aesthetic results because now you're overloading the system in a, in a more, uh, I mean, just in a more of an overload, so you drive better results. And, and so most people are missing out on their results by just doing random acts of exercise wherever the hell they can get a good sweat for that day and they wonder why they're spinning their wheels and and i i'm over here raising my hand like i know why i know why 
the best athletes in the world, all the Olympians, the best physique competitors in the world, they stick to a damn program. And it's because this is what works. And the fact that so many general exercise enthusiasts think that they can just with their subpar genetics, I don't mean to be rude, but like that's what we have for not elite athletes, compared comparatively speaking. Uh, if we think we can just throw periodization and general good programming rules to the like ah whatever I'll just sweat and get good results, like that's eh, pretty cocky and wrong. Um, so the difference between a, a structured variety and random is random is like hey i've got the i've got some exercises with some sets and some reps all written on these pieces of paper i'm going to throw them on the floor i'm going to pull them out and that's our wad for the day well that's random there's i mean there's there's no reason to that it's just like yeah this is how we're gonna sweat today whereas uh, variety is like hey we know that there's certain things that we want to do every week i'm going to use deadlift as an example because i think that um, as far as pop fitness, pop group fitness goes, uh, I think that our our clients as a whole have some of the best deadlift form and can do it in the most number of ways. So this is a structured variety example. Most of the time when people are deadlifting, it's just barbell deadlift. But we could deadlift a lot of different ways. And there's the reason for doing that is, one, it's it's not as boring. Now, if you love deadlifts, deadlifts are never boring, but... <laughs> but it's like, I mean, there's not much to it other than that one. But there's I mean, not to it. You could do like, sumo I, I, deadlifts, but yeah, there's not much variety. Yeah, I pick things up and I put them and down. put them down, and, yeah. And we are like, hey, you know, in our, in the last uh, three cycles, we've done single leg deadlifts, 1.5 stance deadlifts. This is, this is what we did today. Um, so one is planted and one is just on the tippy toe. Yeah. It just... It removes a balance challenge, so you can go heavier on a single leg. Uh, we do suitcase deadlifts. We do double suitcase deadlifts. We do offset dumbbell deadlifts. There's straight leg sumo. There's bent leg sumo. Straight leg RDL tempo uh, isos. There's so, so many. It, yeah. There's roughly 19 to 20 versions of deadlifts that we do, and the the idea behind that is, you know, there's going to be a barbell deadlift. Um, enthusiast that's going to be like the rest if it's not as heavy as you possibly can it's a waste of time and i'm like well sir i would disagree uh what what doing this robust specific varied amount does is it gets us strong in different angles and different positions and it's those different angles and positions that when we find ourselves in and we have not prepared for them that we might be more apt to get hurt so we want to make people uh more injury resilient fill in the gaps and the I call them the in-betweenies because I'm really technical, but the in-betweeny angles of <laughs> like, like the armpit muscles. Like the armpit <laughs> muscles. Uh, these are the these are the places where a lot of a lot of uh, fitness facilities, maybe you get them in one on one places, but in fitness facilities with with a general pop, they're not they're not trying to do it as often because it does take a little bit extra time to coach. And so you have to have a structure in place where you repeat the program enough to let people get better. And to be honest, it's a harder sell in a lot of instances. It's easier sell to tell someone like, we're going to kick your ass today. You ready? And they get done. And you're like, oh, totally. did your ass get kicked? Yeah. Like I asked, did get kicked. Yeah. I love it. I'm like, oh, yeah. Hey. Like, and then you go brag to your friends about all the things you did. Like, that's absolutely true. Yeah, and, and, you know, that's what Fridays are for at FitWolf. We're like, oh, we're going to dumb it down and just give you 10-minute sets and let you sweat, and yeah. there's value. There's value to that. Sure. Like, put it in your program. There's totally value. Mm -hmm. um, but the rest of the week, you know, let's let's develop some skills Which and some so injury resiliency. Which is so funny because I don't like, now that I've been doing it, I'm like, I don't really like the Friday ones because I'm oh. now, I, now that I have been doing it for a while, I'm like, I love the technical... I don't know. I just, it, the Friday ones, I went to one recently and I was like, mm, I didn't like that as much. That's a shocker because normally it's like all cardio stuff, right? Yep. Yeah. 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 It's a, the Friday ones, it's a hard one to coach because people's general tendency is to want to go hard. Mm -hmm. And on Friday, I'm like, literally, I want you to go at 65% effort. Like we're setting your heart rate target at about 65 to 80% of your fit wall max mm -hmm. and if you can maintain that the whole time what's going to happen is at the end you're going to go i feel like i could have done more and i feel better than when i got here and i'm like that's the perfect amount for friday because it sets you up for a great weekend of recovery so we can kick your ass again on monday and tuesday in a structured way
Yeah. And I like that they have the, the, another thing, listeners, that Fitwell has is like the heart rate monitor where if you wear one, it shows you what heart rate you should be in as opposed to just like this obscure color that you should be in. It's like this is where you these are the numbers you should be in. And you guys cater it to each person, right? Yeah, we so our heart rate monitoring system we built in house. So we we designed from the floor up. And the reason for that was we're doing calisthenics. We're not doing a steady state duration cardio. So all the models of here's your uh stage two zone, stage three zone, your aerobic threshold, your anaerobic threshold, or your uh, green, yellow, orange, red. That's all stuff from the 80s. It's not wrong. It's right for endurance exercise zones, but it's fairly useless if you're doing strength training or, um, you know, like what we do, which is strength and functional training. It's just, it's not going to give you a lot of useful information. Now, So what we did is we were like, all right, we're going to set a target zone of what your heart rate should be within each and every exercise of the workout. So for all 2,400 seconds of a workout, I I put a specific target heart rate zone. And we don't want you over it. We don't want you under it. So it's like, don't go too hard, but also don't sandbag. Um, And what happens is as you get fitter or aka more efficient, you have to, you're allowed to work a little harder because now your heart rate won't get as high. And so you earn the right to go harder. You earn the right to pick up heavier weights. It's interesting what I'll, what I'll see because once you look at your graph, your heart rate graph after the workout, I can look at if it's your first class and we're doing a stability drill, I can see people's heart rates spike way through the sky because they're not stable. They're not, they, their whole, it's just an indicator of their system going, oh shit, like what is happening here? Uh, and after the third, on the third week, we can look at the same exercise and their heart rate doesn't really spike. And that's just an indicator of them getting fitter, uh, which is nice. The, big, the biggest thing that we do that I don't think anyone else does is after hard efforts, the thing that is valuable is we, we will give you a report on how many beats per minute you are able to drop your heart rate. So let's say you- Oh, that drives me really crazy. Hard. I know, because I've looked at my reports and I suck. <laughs> well- so I'll, I'd love to tell you why that might be. There's a couple instances. There's a couple of reasons. So um, one is we have to have a scorecard up there. Yeah. And because you you, you want to know where you stand. Yeah. People but like the, numbers. Yeah. But the problem, the challenge is that everyone's heart rate, uh, like their heart rate max, is an individual thing. So when you use 220 minus age or 230 minus age. That's a standard thing that a lot of heart rate um, software, MyZone, PolarBeat, uh, Orange Theory is saying that they use. The, but it's wrong for like 35 to 40% of people. And that's, you know, like a 60% in school is a crappy grade. So why the hell would we do that? Right. So with us, we, we look at like, hey, how high does your heart rate actually get? And then we put that as your fit wall max. So now everything is based off of that and it's individual. After that, the... The sprint efforts where we want you to get your heart rate high and then subsequently we follow it with a period of rest, one minute, so that it's standardized so we compare over time. Is it improving? We're like, how much can you drop your beats per minute? And if you have an injury or it's a new exercise or you're doing something else, you may not be able to drive your heart rate as high. So if you're focusing more on the form, which is great, mm-hmm. but not as much on the intensity, it means you won't take your heart rate quite as high. The other thing is that if you've gotten good at these exercises, it means you're efficient. It means your heart rate won't go quite as high. And that means that you have less opportunity for your heart rate to drop. So if your heart rate is not dropping a lot, it could mean, hey, you just have earned the right to push yourself even harder during the sprint and get it higher. It means that maybe it's an exercise that your body's saying you shouldn't go much harder, and that's fine too. Or it's saying, hey, my, my recovery ability is compromised. And it's one of the coolest things I, I'm hopeful I can build into our tech in the next year is that it will, it will record what your average one-minute recovery is so that when you come in and if it sucks that day, the system will recognize and it'll say, hey, your recovery, it, I wanted to say your recovery sucks today, but I won't put that obviously. It'll say like Go your home. recovery. <laughs> yeah, your recovery sucks. It's time for a spa, a spa date and like a mani-pedi <laughs> uh, and a steak, like eat a steak. 
Um, that would be awesome. If I that's would what it love said. that. <laughs> just as a picture of a hamburger, I'm like, I'm out. Yeah, yeah. go home. Just get out. Now, instead, it'll, it'll be like, your recovery is compromised. We suggest skipping the sprints today and breathing instead. Something along that line. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you just want to pay attention to that over time. Yeah. The, and the final piece is like when we have, you know, we got a decent number, and this obviously isn't you, but we have a decent number of clients that uh, despite sounding like the, the, the orgy baby of a CrossFit rock climbing yoga uh, CrossFit workout, it and sounding very hard. We have a lot of clients that are over 50 years old. Yeah. Uh, and the, and the reason is it's very easy to follow our videos of what we're doing and it's structured and you're in your own little world and the coaches come along and in, in my coach manual, it says, I want this to feel like a personal training session with a group training fun vibe. Yeah. And, uh, they nail it. Like when you said that, I was just yeah. super proud of the. That's of the exactly how it feels. That's exactly how and it feels. That's our goal. And uh, and I and, love the coaches, so, by the way. They're just so great. I love them all so much. I've met all but two of them. Ugh, and I can't so wait great. to get out there I, in the next month here um, to to meet the others. Because they have, su- yeah, just all our studios have such good coaches. It's, uh, it's really cool. Okay. Um, Go ahead. Yeah. That was it. I no, was I no, I I have to ask one quick nerdy question about the heart rate thing, and then we can. I have one last question, then we have to wrap up. But um, the so a lot of times when I'm doing the the workout and the heart rate's supposed to be like in I don't know, it's like mid range or whatever. Um, what's it called? There's the sprints, and then there's the move. Move. Thank you. Um, I I end up doing over that it'll be like time spent over your move goal and i'm often over my move goal like the the minutes is like seven minutes over the so i so i overdo it so i'm like am i supposed to just i don't i don't know what i'm doing wrong (laughs) no you know it just means that because we're coming up on march and what we do is a quarterly uh check-in on what our members heart rates do and that number can move yeah so like i mean for somebody like and I don't know if this is you, but for some people, at, after three months of not killing themselves, their heart rate can actually get higher. Um, for some people, a different period in, of time in life, maybe they had a baby, maybe they have a sh- more stressful time at job, like whatever it is, the, it changes where their max heart rate kind of lives. So we will reset it every every three months so that it's more indicative of where they are. Because it's, it's tough to say where a heart rate should be be yeah um you just can't use those general equations um to to a really good efficacy and since they since it can kind of fluctuate a bit um, we will keep it up to date that's really cool okay so that's good to know because there's a part of me it's like okay i know that i'm not staying the same so i hope that this is changing and i don't know i just like the data of it yeah well tell me if this because i'm I'm kind of uh testing this idea so you're perfect to ask i am a we're looking at building in a, an ability to where a, after certain exercises where I want you to get as many reps as possible in a time frame, you enter that number into your iPad and then it tracks it over time so that we can kind of get a report on, hey, look, you did more work in a specific place that we want you to. It wouldn't be every exercise. And then after certain strength training drills with weights, you would enter the weights that you used yeah. on the last set. And then the next week you come in, it's like last week, you used 50 pounds. And you're like, well, you better hit 55 this this week, I guess. Right. Yeah. That'd I would be pretty, totally, that would be amazing. Yeah. yeah. I think that you'd like that. I love the data. Okay. Last question. Because um, <laughs> I like to stir up a little bit of controversy is like, what are your pet peeves of just all fitness? It could be CrossFit. It could be any classes out there. You don't have to name names, but what are the things that you see that you're like, this could just be so much better. Why do people do fill in the blank? So the I call the first thing is coaches that fall victim to the intensity trap. And what I what that's the coach that is just like, all right, let's go, let's just make it harder because that that's giving that's like giving people what they think they want and think they need. So it's an easy out. It's hard to coach well. It's easy to coach hard. And uh, so people, and it's it's younger coaches that do that, and and people that just want to be like, yeah, I kicked the shit out of you today, rah. And uh, so. As a whole, any place that is falling victim to the intensity trap kind of drives me nuts. The second one, which is funny because I I happen to work with a number of our clients that have had injuries, and that's because I've I've had injuries myself, so I have some 
experience with it, but it's coaches thinking that they're pers- that they're physical therapists. We are not physical therapists, and we all our job is to do is to not hurt you and get you fitter. And if you have an injury, then we're like, hey, you should see a physical therapist or you should see a chiropractor because that's outside of our scope. So when when uh, people are starting to do too much soft tissue work and too many mobilizations and too many of these things that are a little bit too out there outside of what they are actually taught. Uh, it makes me uncomfortable and it, it starts to potentially put our, it actually potentially puts our entire profession in a weird spot because now there's, there's uh, people that want our profession to have to go through a structured uh, government ruled <laughs> pro like uh, certification process like massage or like acupuncture. And while I'd be comfortable with that because I've got degrees and like more certifications and continuing ed than, than I would ever need, um, it makes the barrier to entry very high. And while fitness can be very technical, it should just be safe. It doesn't have to be super duper duper technical. Um, so too hard. And then trainers thinking that they're smarter than they are, are two of them. And then my third is if if you're in a place and you're working out and the beat drops <laughs> be, like early or late before your set starts, that just drives me crazy. Like that is <laughs> the what the hell? I would man when I I've taken like an Orange Theory class and they're like, all right, slow down. And then the beat drops and it gets faster. I'm like, guys, guys, <laughs> time you do go. You have one better. job, one job. Yeah, do better. All right, <laughs> this is ridiculous. I have to tell you, my husband is a huge music snob, and I knew that the music was great because I took him to a fitwell class, and he was like, oh, the music's really good here. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's that's a stamp of approval right there, Cliff. Nice. <laughs> oh, it, if it, I've been so, – it, you know, it's crazy. So every, every block of workouts is 150, give or take five songs that goes into the workout. And I don't know how you do uh, it. Like that's, that's a lot of work because it's very well it's done. It's a good amount of work. Yeah. I've gotten pretty, I've gotten pretty quick at it. I mean, each mix is by the time I take the downloads, I organize the songs, I assign them to the correct place. I make sure that the tempo of the song matches what the exercise is. Uh, I, I work in some really funny jokes like, you know, today's workout, we're doing glute thrusts and oh, the yeah. two songs are are who's your daddy Mm -hmm. that's amazing Mm -hmm. and uh baby got back also hilarious yeah uh so these when people get it it's really i totally get it all all the time there was like one there was like one song about like dancing in the club and everyone's butt and i was like (laughs) it's like oh this is yes (laughs) i mean it's all very it's all very good yeah it all goes together (laughs) yeah so that's my that's my final pet peeve is when when music could be done better yeah (laughs) Um, I'd like to put in a request for more Justin Timberlake. Oh, had, uh, what day is it this week? It's Wednesday. It's like yes. the whole new album. Oh, yes. I'm so excited. <laughs> um, any last thoughts that you want to leave us with? Or Claire, did you have any last minute questions? No, okay. although I will say that like, you know, you have those moments in your life where you're like, I, this is where I meant to be in this moment. That happened to me once when I was doing a push press um, EMOM and push it came on. And I was like, yes, i I was meant to be here in this oh. moment. <laughs> yeah, time slowed down. You remember yeah. it, like, oh man, yeah. Those those times are good. Yeah, that happens a lot in fitwall classes. Like, I'll have these moments where every song, I'm like, oh, just taking me back. Well, just because I'm I'm old and I like old songs. No, but say that, that's that's what I'm hoping the nail. Like, we, yeah. our clients are between 28 and 55. So when I play 90s, they're like, this is my jam. Oh, it's so good. There was an Oasis cooldown song you did where I swear we had this conversation for like 10 minutes after class where I'm like, everyone has a story to this Oasis song. Everyone mm-hmm. has a story. They're like, okay, that's one time um, my my sister's boyfriend like drove to our house and he like stood outside with a boombox and played this song. <laughs> like like <laughs> Lloyd Dobler on uh, Say Anything. <laughs> that's perfect. Oh, that's so great. Okay. Thank you, Cliff. This was such a good conversation. I'm so glad we got to talk to you and I got to geek out about all the intricacies of FitWall because I am just so enjoying it. And so I really appreciate all of your knowledge. Well, thank you for having me on and letting me uh, talk uh, nerdy and also make fun of people that do a bad job with music. <laughs> You're welcome. Anytime. Awesome. <laughs>